Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with Ian Tapes. He is a Canadian filmmaker, documentarian, storyteller, who is uh, going into his second season uh, with a with a series on Vision TV called Ageless Gardens. Fascinating series, entertaining. Uh, it it will. It's one of those documentaries where you think, well, I'm not really sure that I'm going to be interested in this. And, and the moment you step in, you kind of can't turn away. I mean, th- this is a film about, you know, like any great uh, or a series, I guess. But these are films. These are short films about about the environment. They're about climate change, and they're about wisdom and hope and and life and 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 how we behave in our environments and with others. Um, we 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 talk about music and and being guided by nature, and and there's just so many beautiful metaphors as well. I mean, you're going to learn how to cook better. Uh, we talk about uh, youth and 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 growing old and and growing old with wisdom, and and how gardening can actually bring out the best. In all of us, we we talk about things like as simple as uh, uh, baking, but baking in a, a very particular way. And I'll leave that out there for you to find out more about. But we we talk about the wild harvests and, and and about about making good choices and 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 just this idea of of um, hmm, organisms in the soil and how life is in the soil. And uh, one particular episode where where there's a, a focus on that, and as a symbol and as a metaphor, it just means so much more. So you're going to in, enjoy the interview with Ian. Ian is, is wonderful. We we go pretty deep on this and and we have a great time as well. And and I you're you're gonna check out you're gonna enjoy the the series as well. So check it out, Vision TV coming soon to a digital home theater near you. And don't forget DavidPeckLive.com for more information about my my uh, writing and my public speaking. You can purchase a copy of Real Changes Incremental there. If you don't already have it, man, it's still flying off the shelves. Um all these years later, and uh, if uh, you 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 uh, want to learn more about face to face, you can go to the website face to face live dot ca. If you haven't already downloaded the podcast onto your device, uh, you can also support us through patreon dot com. We have a few supporters there now monthly, and if you can't do that uh, financially, which I totally understand and totally get, really would love for you to leave us a review on um, iTunes, Spotify. It really does help us get word out on the street. And please sign up for our newsletter. We send that out a few times a year as a reminder, and you can do that. You can also advertise on face-to-face banner ads. You can get up on the website. We can do shout-outs. It's, uh, we're really quite flexible over here. And we've got a whole uh, slew of uh, interviews coming up from the Toronto International Film Festival. I was fortunate enough to, to be able to uh, really connect with a few gems there along the way. So stay tuned for those. And don't forget to rabble.ca. I'm also up here on that platform. News for the rest of us, bloggers, podcasters, writers, people talking about things that matter. Check them out there, but but stay tuned. Don't touch that dial. Ian Taves coming right up, uh, talking about his new series, Ageless Gardens. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest here with us today, somewhere in the country, I think, out on the West Coast. Ian Taves is here to talk about 
his new, not film so much, and maybe he can talk a little bit about that from a stylistic perspective, but here to talk about a series uh, now going into season two, Ageless Gardens on Vision TV. Uh, Ian, thanks for taking the time to uh, join us here on Face to Face today. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me, David. So, so agelessgardens.ca is where people can find out a little bit more information about what you're up to. I think we're going into maybe five episodes, season two. Is that 10 episodes overall, but uh, about five hours worth of TV? Is that right? Uh, it's partly right. So it's five episodes per season. We've done two seasons. They're about uh, 30 minutes each. So, so that would give us, uh, what, two and a half hours worth of material? Yeah. Got it. And that, that probably includes commercials, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. So really, when you get down to brass tacks, it's 23 minutes or so. It's 20, 23 minutes. <laughs> you really yeah. want to split hairs, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Depends how much you uh, can fa- fast forward through the, through the commercials. And I yeah. think uh, currently, uh, season one is available uh, on online for free, of course, uh, yeah. for anyone who wants to, to view that. Yeah. Yeah, it's there and they've, they've been streaming it for a while. And then uh, I, my understanding, I, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to... S- be wrong about this but i think they'll be doing the same when our second season is released they'll probably put it online right away but if i'm wrong uh, don't hold it you know don't hold it against me don't hold it against me you're gonna get a lot of hate mail over that Ian, <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> so so tell me uh it seems to me that 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 I've, I've seen a couple episodes and by the way congratulations what, what a beautiful um uh, project what a um i mean i mean come on gardens plants flowers they're just asking to be photographed aren't they <laughs> yeah they they sure are there it's uh it's fun to photograph them and in some ways almost i hate to say this but it's kind of in a way easy because they're just so many good views right like you said they just want to be looked at <laughs> good light bad light even that it doesn't affect it that much you know kind of kind of what one of the things that i was really struck by uh, as i watched uh, a couple of the episodes and was the symbol in the metaphor and and also you know plants are dying to be photographed so are people it seems to me i mean that doesn't a face sort of tell a thousand stories depending on your your perspective and your your context and your position and how you read and all of uh, read things and all of that i mean I'm, i would hope an artist would say that but but people are interesting plants are interesting and 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 where that sort of symbolic and metaphorical crossover lies is fascinating and it really comes out mm-hmm. in the series yeah, I, I uh, it's 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 pretty amazing, and, and it, it always it's for me it's a it's always a, when we start talking about plants and why you grow them, that's when it opens up, and everybody just starts talking about their deep beliefs. Hopefully, they, they talk about their beliefs and why they do it, and you know how they how they've spent many years digging in the soil, and you get to know them on a really personal level, and but also on a, a sort of a deep level where you get to really understand what their beliefs are. And another thing about our series is we focus in on. Um, particularly, uh, you know, sort of mature, mature people, mature gardeners, older gardeners, if you will. I mean, some of these folks that we filmed with are in their 80s and 90s. Mm. So they've just, there's just a, a depth of life experience there that when it works well, we get to really know people that have that much knowledge. And as I get older, I really appreciate people who've been around for a while that have a lot to, to share because uh, decades, you know, nine decades of life on earth and maybe eight of those decades you've been gardening there's a lot to be to be heard you know you know it's interesting what you, you're saying but it, it, well it's interesting that you say that because you know i just as you were reflecting on it i i thought of um a lovely oscar wilde quote about experience is the name we give to our mistakes and i I've, I've always smiled at that i've smiled at lots of oscar wilde and big fan but 
there's a there's a deep sort of irony in that, but there's also this this deep embedded truth, and I, I get it, and it's connected to wisdom, it seems to me, and I I really get that from the guests on the show, that there's mm-hmm. a like you say this 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 sense of um, uh, experience, long life experience, and they and they're bringing that not only to how they you know how they garden, but what they're actually taking from it as well. And uh, what do you think about connected to that? This whole idea is youth is wasted on the young. Is that is that kind of an underlying tone for your <laughs> for your series? Yeah, you know, I wonder. It's uh, like I said, I'm I'm at that certain age where where I'm kind of leaving my youth behind me, but I'm not quite <laughs> uh, I'm not quite is advanced to some people. So I, you know, I'm right in the middle, just want, looking back on my, my youth and looking forward to what's coming next. I don't know. I, I, I wonder, I, I wish I was a little wiser when I was younger. I must say mm-hmm. that, but my experience was certainly my own and I made a lot of stupid mistakes for sure. But um, at the same time, I meet young folks that really have their heads screwed on properly, it seems. So I don't know if I'm the best judge of it. <laughs> you know, I, I rem- I'm pretty sure I remember uh, Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins being interviewed that, about that. And I don't know why I even remember it was him or what it was connected to. But he's like, yeah, who 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 actually says that youth is wasted on the young? Old people say that. <laughs> Which, <laughs> it's just kind of interesting, right? Yeah. Sure. So, so, so talk to me a little bit about what drew you in here. I mean, health, I mean, there's so many levels of, of, yeah. of stepping into a project like this. Are you a gardener? You know, do you got that green thumb is, uh, you know, this healthy way of aging, which is sort of what the whole series is about, it seems to me. And, and mm-hmm. just, just taking a step back and, and, uh, slowing down, paying attention. I mean, there's so many wonderful things underlying mm-hmm. all the great stories and the great images. Yeah. I think, I mean, we, we've, our, we've got a long sort of tradition in our company of, of making films about I used to be really narrowly focused on nature and art and it keeps broadening out to um, to include other things and those other things generally speaking are I'd like to say things that are you know that show us a better way of doing it <laughs> a better way of getting through the world right so gardening can be one of those things food can be one of those things you know whatever it is literature art all these things that make us better and, and enrich us and um, just sort of bring us balance. So this this fit nicely into that kind of philosophy. Uh, this project. I'm I'm a bit of a gardener. I, I'm certainly humbled when I'm around these gardeners because they're so. Uh, again, that those decades of experience you can't compete with that. <laughs> the knowledge of knowledge of plant names, Latin plant names, mm. soil types. You know, different ways of pruning the same plant three different ways for it. Like that. It's just re- bewildering how much people know. So to call myself a gardener is well, not really fair to the word, <laughs> but uh, I sure enjoy it. And it's so, it's so beautiful. And I really, like I said, I'm always seeking out like the deeper meaning in these things and the deeper experience and, and exchange with the folks that do the gardening. So in that re- regard, it works out not unlike you're doing now, just interviewing people and getting to know them, getting to know what they really feel and, and believe. Uh, it's a great, I guess, uh, you know, a garden is a great uh, conduit for that. Well, there was, um, in one of the episodes I watched, it was in season one, I think it, it kind of wraps up near the end about, I'm, I I think I extended it, but something about camaraderie and I couldn't mm-hmm. help but think about the community. And I would, I would imagine a lot of gardeners are quite nerdy in their own way. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I think anyone who gets into a hobby, a craft, any, anything like this, there's, there's aspects to the, the subculture, right? That, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that would 
create po multiple points of connection for people to build relationships. And it's really, it's really quite wonderful and seems to have, uh, um, almost, a, 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 a well, almost there, there is a spiritual component. It seems it comes out in some of the people and some of the guests that you follow, the people that you follow. Mm -hmm. It is indeed. And it's funny you mentioned that because one of our episodes this season is called gardens of the spirit. And, uh, we talked to, a number of different people about how gardening kind of taps into that spiritual need in all of us. Uh, we talked to some monks near Kamloops uh, who are mm. actually, uh, they're, si they're the silent type, if you will. I can't remember the name for that, but they don't, uh, they don't speak very often, but they do for our cameras. We also go to the Toronto music garden and talk to uh, one of the uh, directors of the Toronto music garden program, Tamara Bernstein. And she talks all about, uh, what the idea of that is. I mean, that's a beautiful space. You're from Toronto. You're, you're out on the mm -hmm. waterfront and there's airplanes roaring by and there's cars roaring by, but yet people are belting out this beautiful, mostly classical music in this garden setting. And it just changes your whole, it changes your whole day when you're sitting there. Mm. And that, you know, that, that one is in that episode. Um, and we also spend time with some folks in really remote parts of Northern Canada where they uh, discover gardening as a, as a, way to sort of reconnect with health and wellness and the self in a good way, in a positive way. So it, yeah, it's, it's so many good things about gardening can, can be brought out uh, when you garden, basically. When you, when you're in the middle of it, it's, yeah. it's something like, that's the thing that really struck me. So I've, I did a little bit of gardening as a kid and I just, I marveled at the fact that, wow, we grew a couple carrots this summer and we were able to get some peas and a few tomatoes. I think we had cucumbers as a kid and we, we have a small plot of land and, and my wife, Elizabeth grows tomatoes and zucchinis and a few things. And it's just, it's always really quite magical mm -hmm. uh, and as crazy and, and, and almost cliche and, and corny as that kind of sounds to say, wow, this was from our garden. And so we had a, our, one of our first ripe, really lovely and ripe tomatoes last night. And we both agreed unanimously that there's nothing quite like it, the taste. Mm -hmm. And I think too, that one of the things that came out of one, one of the episodes about the, the, the there's just this sense of pride mm -hmm. and accomplishment that this is the product of, of course, nature and soil and water and all these things coming together, but also your hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just sort of guide it. You let nature do most of the work, but you just guide it. It's uh, pretty beautiful. My son, interestingly, speaking of tomatoes and family gardening, my son uh, and my wife came upon this program through NASA where um, tomato seeds were sent uh, as part of an experiment to on one of the shuttle missions. Mm. And uh, so I don't know how many hundreds or perhaps thousands of seeds were sent to space and then brought back down. Uh, and, uh, so NASA organized the experiment around distributing these seeds to people, just general people, citizen science, uh, to, to try to grow these seeds, to see what would happen, what the difference would be between those and, and earth seeds that had only been on earth. So my son got two packets of seeds, one, uh, we don't know which was which, but one was marked a, and one was marked B and, uh. A or B had been in outer space and A or B would have been on earth only. It's so pretty he, cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So they had did to he, grow. Did he dress up like Dr. Who when you guys were planning them? <laughs> no, he didn't. But, okay. uh, but he had to, so he had to germinate the seeds and then grow them. And then in the end, I think we had about 50 little plants. And then the report back to NASA, what, how, how well they responded, you know, and, and you try to keep the conditions equalized. And as it turns out, the ones from, I think it was the ones from space that grew just a little bit better. 
strangely in his with his 50 plants but it was I, just magical right to think you think of this little yeah. kernel and it's put in soil but not only that this kernel has been in outer space like the whole thing just gets kind of into this oh, it, well it really does so so i've studied <laughs> philosophy for years and aristotle talked about actuality and potentiality we're not going to get into the depths of that i promise you out there, <laughs> listen, people listening out there but there's something deeply to me philosophical about all these symbols and metaphors as well and something profound and metaphysical about it it's deeply relational connected to community i mean it just goes on and you can mm -hmm. see why why people get so so um pulled into it but this idea of what is in that tiny little seed mm -hmm. and what and and, and kind of like a golf shot in a way but nowhere near as interesting mm -hmm. right a lot of things have to be going on to 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 hit the ping pong ball to get the dart in the bullseye to get the ball on the green in this case it's it's really simple and yet deeply complex at the same time um mm -hmm. i can't wait to see the marketing campaign by the way seeds aged in space i think that could actually fly really well <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know what nasa they haven't published their results yet but uh you know hopefully we'll find out some interesting stuff but these these seeds were distributed all over north america and maybe even the world as far as i know but uh all kinds of different kids did their little tests right uh, citizen science that's a whole other subject but we citizen science i love it that's yeah. really cool pretty that's awesome really cool. stuff it really is pretty awesome i mean in a way we're all taking part in a variety of different scientific experiments every day right yeah we're, in the middle of it period and um so marjorie harris talks about the author i think it's in episode one um healing plants i believe was the title of it and, and she uh -huh. talks about plants uh growing hope uh -huh. can you can you i mean i don't know how well you got to know marjorie in the shooting of the the the, the series but but i'd love for you to go a little deeper on some of those not just those metaphors but but that healing power i mean to me um, there's something um, really important and substantive there, meaningful about about healing, about mental health, about building stronger relationships, and and you know, growing closer to, as my my yoga instructor would say, Mama Earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that was a, the, the sort of the original organizing concept was to talk about. Oh, my chair is creaking. Sorry. The original organizing concept was to, and still is, to talk about gardening as a as a as a means of. Uh, aging well, aging healthy. Right. And uh, so, so that comes up all the time. Uh, we see therapeutic gardens. We see people that are, you know, practically pretty much hospitalized or in, in wheelchairs and in, in, uh, in different homes, accessing gardens and you see their faces light up and you, you start hearing them talk about their lives in really deep ways. Um, it just brings out the best in people, right? The, you see their hands in the soil and you can just, you, you can almost, I mean, this sounds a little airy fairy, but you can almost see that, that energy when, when this sort of hands contact the earth, mm. you just about see them light up a bit, you know, you know, it's, it's quite a, it's quite a powerful experience. And, um, you know, I never see a frustrated gardener. I never see a pissed off <laughs> gardener. They're always so. They might be fussy, but they're not frustrated. Uh, that's right. A little fussy, but they're, they're always sort of tranquil and, and, contemplative and, and uh, hmm. thoughtful and, and, and accommodating and patient. Hmm. Uh, and I, it's just time and time again, I find that with the people we're filming, it uh, brings out the best in all of us for sure. It does. And I feel I, when I'm working with them, I mean, you know, I don't I barely tire, you know, I just feel hmm. that I've got, I'm getting energy when I'm around them. And I'm not one of those people that, you know, 
has crystals and stuff and talks about the world energy and those kind of things. <laughs> right. But, but I, I, not that there's anything wrong with that. Not Ian. that there's anything wrong with it. And it's not <laughs> that I don't believe it. I just don't really, yeah. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about those things sure. too much. Yeah. But when I'm around gardeners, I keep coming back to that, that the energy is so positive and powerful around them. Well, and something deeply, uh, comp- like, again, relational, comprehensive, you know, we're all connected or, or, or it's all connected, I suppose. You could say mm-hmm. the truth of our being exists outside of ourselves, but deeply within as well. And mm-hmm. I, I love how the thread for me anyway, of the stories was, I mean, we talked about in nature, um, uh, somebody talked about the, the change in, in, in his body language when his hands went into the soil, serotonin levels, uh, mm-hmm. food as medicine, the ions coming off the water. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can it not affect us in, in, in pretty radical ways? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, all the studies, you're, you're referring to that episode that we uh, talked to a couple of people about soil right, and the energy that's in the soil, that the uh, quote often uh, trot it out and we use it all the time is that there's millions of living organisms within a tablespoon of soil millions mm. it's just unbelievable like micro fungi and bacteria right. and protozoa and just wow it's um that much energy that much life at the microscopic level you know you hold that in your hand and you put a tomato seed in that and something grows it's uh it's bewildering how it, you know, we're not just occupied staring at soil all day, but instead we're staring at phones. But we, we should be staring at the soil. There's just so much to be learned from it. Hey, hey, maybe are we onto another market here? Like, could we sell jars of soil? Yeah, it's well, the time has come. Probably, probably it's well. You know what? In what another thing that I thought was really cool about, uh, um, I'm not sure who it was. It was David Gregg, maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, um, vermicompost specialist. Uh-huh. I love that, by the way. I'd love to get that on my business card. Um, there's, there's something, um, yeah, just, the, just that, that healing, the healing properties of the soil. I was kind of fascinated by that. The, uh, that, 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 that this is the way it's been for hundreds and well, thousands of years. Uh-huh. And this isn't something new. And like you say, it's not something that's airy fairy or, or trite or cliche or new agey, I guess you could, I don't even know if people use that phrase anymore, but, but I could see some people sort of you know, getting wind of this show saying, oh yeah, that's a little, oh, you got to be older to do that. Or, well, hang on. There was a time when this is all we did. Mm-hmm. That's right. Getting back this to is... what we always did. And did it... that come up? Did that come up a lot for you guys when, when filming this and maybe you get into it in other episodes, but that idea between, you know, I don't even know what you call them, commercial farms, I guess, mm-hmm. versus, you know, farming in the wild and so on. Yeah, like uh, there's some uh, there's some folks in our season this year. The um, just looking at my list here, um, there's a it's the second uh, episode in this season's series called uh, Career Gardeners, and there's a three generation garden uh, just near here in Victoria where they um, they grow they have a market garden and that's their job now. The whole family mm. uh, they do nothing but market gardening and they do it all by hand. They do it on, they actually only produce food on a little over an acre of land. There's, there's probably about five or six acres there, but about one acre of it is in production. And the whole uh, process is by hand and with intention. And when they, when I interview them and I talk to them and, and they say in the film, they talk about the intention in what they do and the goodness in what they do and the love that they put into the soil and the plants and stuff. And it's uh, again, and you, you see it, you see the smiles on their faces. You see their kids running through the, uh, you know, through the rows between that they're going to harvest and sell at the market and they sell, you know, a bag of, 
you know, field greens or, or microgreens or tomatoes or cucumbers and people just love them, right? You can see their right. customers enjoying them. There's just no mistaking that, right? I, I see that. I film that. I know I, I can tell that that's real, you know, like the, the, the quality and the belief in what they're doing and the health that comes from it. You know, it's pretty, again, it's one of those things. It's, I experience it when I'm out there. It's hard for me to articulate it <laughs> other well, than to, like, to keep recording it. You know? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it is. And I think that's kind of, isn't that sort of the point that you need to be in it to really understand it? You, mm-hmm. you can't rationalize it. There's no mathematical formula for this one. You got to get out there. You got to get on your knees. You got to get your hands in the dirt and, and you got to start planting some of those uh, seeds aged in space. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and experimenting. And it's, it's really quite, quite wonderful. So a, 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 a sort of a turn towards turn, maybe not the right way to put it, but, but people are way more, I would say, today certainly in the west healthy with respect to their eating habits and their approach mm-hmm. more intentionality calories potassium salt levels and all that i would think that this type of an approach to farming and to producing uh, vegetables and so on and 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 uh, spices and all of that is is there's a huge appeal for it mm-hmm. is there is there a mass market for this i mean is there a way to to ultimately make this sustainable i'm certainly organic is taking off much more expensive still, but any, any thoughts on that? Any of your gardeners have any wisdom there? Well, yeah. I mean, in the long run, if you do the math for the planet, I I wouldn't want to be too fatalistic, but if you do the math, I'm not entirely sure any of it's sustainable in the long run. There's 7 billion of us now. Um, There'll be, I read uh, Ian recently, I read, we've got about 10,000 years left or something like that. Oh, good. Okay. Well, yeah, we're, on, we're yeah. well on our way. <laughs> That's right. That's but the, right. you know, the industrial agriculturalist folks would say, no, we need to mass produce on, you know, cleared, cleared mm-hmm. cut acres and, you know, thousands of thousands of bushels of, of wheat need to be harvested off this land. So there's certainly two ways to look at it. Um, but yeah, I think that, that, that getting back to the really localized level, there's also an economic argument to be made there too, right? If you're these folks that we filmed with, they, uh, from the you know from their own labor they produce this food and they sell it directly to to consumers and they yield that money right then and there and there's no intermediary so they're making making a bigger chunk of the you know the profit right they're making bigger profits i guess or Mm -hmm. the bigger part of the pie is cut to them i'm not sure what your question was (laughs) i'm going in a different direction yeah no no it's fine it's all connected it's just is is it ultimately this type of you know just taking that kind of care when growing products, you kind of, you know, you drive through for those of us who live in Ontario and not, not too far north of, of, of uh, Toronto, there's, there's areas like this all over the world, I would mm-hmm. imagine, but Holland Marsh, gorgeous. You can smell the, the, the onions and the leeks and, and the tomatoes in the air as you drive through this huge area of land. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is commercial farming, but it's still maybe not quite as commercialized as some. It's kind of like that whole fish farming. You got to be careful where you buy your fish from. You know, what is a fish farm? Fish farm sounds great, but there's comes with footnotes, right? So yeah. I guess how do you get this many people together taking this much care with their food and still get it down to a lot of people's plates? Or is the message that, you know, me and my family should be out there doing the very same thing. I think it's a little bit of both. It's, it's, mm. I mean, it's, it's always a, a level of what's realistic. Like we, we're just, um, in our own family, my, my wife and son and I were just uh, harvesting a whole bunch of vegetables that were given to us from a friend who has a massive vegetable garden. And it's just this overabundance of food, right. That's been right. produced in this one 
really narrow window of time. Suddenly it's, you know, August, September is like, you've got to process all these vegetables and deal with them and freeze them and cut them up and curate right. them. And, and uh, so the labor becomes a big part of it. And then my wife and son and I were just enjoying all this great food and also saying, holy man, we've been working at the kitchen sink for three hours yesterday. <laughs> right, like, right. So th there's a balance. Yeah, the practical, but it, but yeah, the practical realities. But it's it. a very satisfying three hours, you know, sure. it's very, very satisfying hours to be, you know, cutting up apples and tomatoes and taking a bite of every third one. And um, so it's really a lifestyle choice, I'd say. I mean, we, we show in the film series, we show people doing wild harvest, you know, foraged type of food. Mm. We, we show people mm -hmm. doing these kind of smaller scale. Was that David, was that David Gregg? Uh, David Gregg was a soil. Mushroom. Oh no, who's the mush? Who's the mushroom guy? Was Sinclair that, uh... Phillip from. The... Thank you, Sinclair yeah. Phillips. Yeah, from the, yeah. That was first season, and that's from the famous uh, Sioux Harbor House, and they were the yes. one of the first restaurants in North America to do farm to table, right? Or garden to table, as it were, or wild garden to table. I mean, they kind of started that. It was them and a restaurant in Berkeley that were doing it I, thirty they, years ago. The the two of them, and I'm not sure what their relationship is, but it was quite comical and how they were. Um, you know, the one, the one, the younger guy was eating all the berries, and, yeah. uh, you know, Sinclair was out doing all the work. It's really yeah. interesting, you know, your comment kind of coming back full circle to the, you know, the art and, and nature. And, and I think you talk, actually you talk about one of uh, an artist, a sculptor who takes, you know, inspiration from the garden and so on. But, mm -hmm. um, when, when they came across that one mushroom mm -hmm. and they were just so thrilled and like, wow, this is this is almost like this is a piece of art. And I was, I was really surprised that he, he, he cut it out, but I, but I found it really fascinating that he went down really deep to make sure he got a lot of the, I guess the root of the mm -hmm. actual mushroom itself. Yeah. And he took a lot of care and the brushing off. It was just, it was really quite lovely. <laughs> um, I'm assuming that went into somebody's soup or, or something uh, or a salad, uh, not that long after. Yeah. All of that stuff got cooked up. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, and those mushroom people, that's a whole other level, right? And they try to tread lightly walking through the forest. And I mean, you mentioned the leeks and the onions in Ontario. I've, fil I've also filmed the wild leek harvest in Ontario years ago on a different project. But, you know, the, there's another question, right? If you're doing wild harvest and you're out there trampling through the woods as gently as you can, that's one thing. But if 700 other people get the same idea <laughs> on the same weekend, yeah. then it's a, suddenly it's a different story, right? So, it's like the gold rush except with mushrooms or yeah, lakes. Or, yeah, or whatever it is, a wild garden. Or whatever. Or you, you, whatever it wants to be. So there, there's a there's a fine line. These are all right. really, yep. really incredible ways of getting food and spending your time. But can we all do it? I'm not entirely sure. And well, it, the same goes for gardening at home. If you want to grow, you know, a whole bunch of produce in your home garden there's a lot of time commitment involved with that and that's great um but you're giving up other things that's maybe less time right, on netflix right. or maybe less sure. time cycling to uh, your volunteer job or whatever you do um with your time there's only so many hours in the week but um it's also nice when people like these the folks we we film with the three generation garden when we see them harvest making such a beautiful garden and then selling those products to us and we can give them money for it rather than give it to some multinational. And it's like, well, that's, it's hardly any more expensive and it's twice as tasty and three times as healthy. So maybe that's the way to go. I got to tell you, I've, I've just become so much more aware of, of food in the last little while with, I've got some blood pressure issues and looking at salt content. It's mind boggling. Oh goodness. When yeah. you look, when you look at salt, I mean, truly mind boggling. The gap is like you could, you can get a third of your daily salt or recommended daily salt intake in one, in one meal. 
Yeah. <laughs> just, or never mind a meal. How about just a sandwich? It's it's yeah. really quite fascinating. So ways of stepping back into this, eating more healthy, aging well and all that. I mean, I just, the, the profound amount of wisdom here is, is uh, I think, is striking. You know, it's interesting, Diane, um, the seaweed lady. Yeah. So she made a comment. I think, you know, she's on Victoria Island, I think, 70 kilometers of sort of undisturbed coast. Yeah. And I think that kind of points to that. Wow. We don't want 700 seaweed ladies. No harvesting this area. <laughs> so how, yeah, how do you manage that? And is that ever even going to be a problem? Probably not, but, but it's, uh, it's something to think about as we, I hope, step into more of a, yeah, an organic world. Yeah. It's hard to say what the answer is because it, it, it can, like I said, the leak harvest in Ontario is a well-known one that's been overdone. Uh, but then you can get beekeeping. We show beekeeping in the, in our second season here. Um, a beekeeper in, in the prairies in Regina, who's harvesting bee. Uh, he's got bees in a city neighborhood and it's the bees go around and they, they pollinate off of, you know, marigolds and pansies right. and oxide daisies and roses. And then they bring back all that pollen and honey to their hives and he harvests that. And it's, you know, a lot of people can beekeep. There's beekeepers in downtown Toronto and there's beekeepers in Brooklyn. And you know, they're so, it's all about choices, but I don't think we can, you know, realistically, we can, we all do it. I don't know. There's probably not enough, to, you know, if we were all doing that, we might have less time to do other things, but a good balance of it, more people doing it and more respect and value given to those mm, kinds of artisanal food yeah, it's good. processes. That's, I think what we need. I need, we need to see more of that. We see well, a lot I'm, of that in the West coast where I live and I see that in Toronto. Yeah. I was, you know, oh, for sure, for sure. A lot of that there. Well, I, for sure. And I think too, just for people who, 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 who can't afford it and mm -hmm. who are at risk in one way or another, new Canadians, um, whatever the case might be, there are lots of people who can't afford to buy this kind of food because it is just too inaccessible. Um, but, but maybe they can grow it or maybe not. So I think one of the things that I'd love to see certainly is how can this kind of food sort of come down in price, make it more accessible and, 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 uh, give people the opportunity to, to choose it on a daily basis mm -hmm. at their local grocery store, whatever that means. Maybe it's not superstore, but maybe it's that smaller shop if, if the local economy allows for it. So it's, yeah, it's kind of a circle, isn't it? It's kind of, all well, these things are sort of connected in a way, right? Yeah, and there's variations too. There's there's some solutions to that. We that we also film like this this season. We filmed a uh, a garden, a, re, a remediated piece of land that was like two acres of industrial land. Mm. Uh, the food bank and associated folks in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, uh, got the idea that they should take this land that was in disuse and uh, remediate it. So they brought it back uh, for a couple of years of cover cropping and tillage and things like that. And then a series of tests to make sure the soil was healthy. Once they had that done, they started planting and we filmed that process uh, the last year, but not the, not the first two um, where they planted this massive garden. And it was also mm. kind of a grazing garden, a community garden that people could just walk by and pluck a tomato off a, off right. a plant if they wanted, or nice. pull out a carrot or uh, they planted berries too. So the berries would start producing in the next couple of years. So soon people would just be able to pull raspberries off as they walk by, but it's in an inner city neighborhood in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. And, um, you know, I think it's almost two acres of garden and all the excess from that garden that they, uh, that people don't just take, um, is harvested up and taken back to the food bank and redistributed that way. So th there are a lot of community groups that are, that are showing that, you know, gardening can be, for all manner of different communities, as long as there's the land and the labor uh, and, and of course mm. the water, you can make it happen. 
and those kind of stories are just so warming, right? To see people that, that really, I mean, you see people in some of these poor communities that just don't really know produce as well as they might, you know, they don't know the difference between a Roma tomato and a, and a, and a, and an heirloom tomato or for, for, you know, for lack of a better example. But um, so to see people kind of coming back to that really um, baseline knowledge of plants and food that we can eat is really great. Uh, we need to see more of that. I love the, I love the stress relieving uh, like nature of it all too. the, and again, we're back to that aging. Well, by the way, I don't know the difference between those tomatoes either. I clearly <laughs> don't know my tomatoes. Um, I know how they taste and, uh, they look, uh, they, 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 they look great. <laughs> they taste great in lots of food. Um, but yeah, I think, I think this, this idea of, of, of getting back to nature, I love the shots of the hands and the, the, the soil and just really in your, your comment about choice, the intention behind all of this is so, so important. Um, sadly, we're going to have to wrap it up here in a couple of minutes. Tell me, um, really, this is a film about the, or these are these are short films about the environment mm-hmm. period aren't they is isn't this about uh, you know isn't this a prophetic sort of series in a sense yeah yeah i mean it's it's it that comes up a lot in our interviewing when i'm interviewing folks in the garden they talk about you know how wonderful it is to grow vegetables or flowers there's a lot of flower gardeners too sure we're talking a lot about vegetables right now but but the other underlying principle that keeps coming up is that you're essentially working with what nature does so you're dealing with with um you know plants and growing and light and the environmental conditions and when you're tuned into that yeah it's all about nature and we're all nature we're all just creatures of the earth we're just animals um and we're just ingesting plants and other animals sometimes too um and that's that's the that's the basic core of it all um and how you get there whether that's a walk in the forest harvesting mushrooms or whether that's a little pot full of uh flowers and greens on your on your balcony in your urban setting you know either way you're connecting to nature and whether that's having an impact in a big way that can be measured or whether it's just having an impact on you as a person um either is is valid as the other and it's really important that we just realize that nature never stops being nature it's always doing something it's always trying to create for us and help us and lead us really I was waiting for another comment, but I don't think we need it. That was, uh, that was, uh, I think, a lovely way to, to wrap up our conversation today here with Ian Taves. We've been talking about uh, uh, his new uh, TV series on Vision TV called Ageless Gardens. Um, writer, director, producer, uh, uh, are, you're, you're doing everything, Ian? Or, yeah. I mean, you've got quite a team, no doubt. Well, it's um, a small team. It's a great okay. team, but uh, we're a really small operation. I mean, these days in documentary production in Canada, maybe even the world, certainly in Canada, which is what I know about. It's uh, it's pretty hard to do it unless you can do three or four or five jobs. So right, uh, I right, end up doing right. three or four or five jobs. Right, right. And the, and the rest of my team also in different ways does three or four or five jobs. So how often on how often on the shoot did you ever have a shovel in your hand? Is the question? Yes, I have. I've been I've been asked to help. I've been asked to Excellent. pull things out and put the camera oh, down. That's, <laughs> oh, that's so. And good. that's a, and that's a good honor. I like that. So it's um it's agelessgardens.ca. You can find season one there, season two coming up in late September, and probably there as well on on uh, the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it, it, all of the episodes are listed on the website agelessgardens.ca as well. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, David. Yeah, it was a nice chat. Mm-hmm.